Welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Stride Forward Show. So this week, I'm welcoming Brian Gallagher, who is a former investment banker turned corporate escape artist. Brian is an Instagram and LinkedIn creator and a multi-time entrepreneur who now specializes in helping people establish a plan to leave their corporate job. Brian's expertise is in financial planning, coaching, and social media marketing. In this episode, Brian and I discuss how to quickly determine if the corporate world is right for you, tips to get into top-tier financial shape so you can work on your own, and how to properly leverage content to get consistent leads. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Brian, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm really excited about this one. Before we dive too deep into your story, I want to give you the chance to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you're helping your clients now. Sure. Well, Thomas, first of all, thank you. I'm honored to be on here uh, chatting with you. We've interacted a bunch on LinkedIn. I thought it was time we at least chat in person as best we can, given our given our geographical differences here. But uh, so my name is Brian Gallagher. I am what I call a corporate escape coach. So I help people leave their corporate job, find work that's more fulfilling and live life on their terms. Um, and I was I was client number one. I worked in um, investment banking. I worked in corporate accounting, 11 total years in corporate, uh, where I just, after a while, I just kind of had enough. And um, I opened a fitness studio after I, after we closed that down because it didn't work. I basically retired. Uh, I was traveling around the world, just kind of posting workout content. And somebody at, people started asking me like, well, what's your, how's this lifestyle? Like, how are you living this lifestyle? What are you doing for work? And where are you going next? And that's when the light bulb went off. And I was like, I could help people do this in a lot less time than it took me to do it, which was 11 years. So uh, after that, those questions, I started putting my hand up and saying, I'm going to offer this. And, and people were like, I'm interested. So that was it. And I was off and running. Um, but that was about a year and a half ago. And uh, that's been my full-time gig right now. I'm currently based in Amsterdam. I'm from the U.S. Uh, I moved here almost a year ago. I think three days will be a year that I've been in Amsterdam now. And uh, yeah, I, I call myself a former corporate American turned global citizen. So that's kind of my one of my one of my taglines that I've given myself. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. I had no idea you had the financial background. I just knew you yeah, were the corporate yeah. escape artist. But yeah. that's that's my realm too. So that's kind of interesting. Oh um, no way. Okay, and I, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too because I mentioned like to you just the other day when we were scheduling this, I was like, I can never keep track of where you are in the world. It feels like you're <laughs> everywhere. So let's hopefully we can find a time to get you on, but I'm glad yeah. we could make it work. Um, so you've been in business now doing the corporate escape stuff for about a year and a half. Is that correct? Yeah. September, 2021 okay. was when I started my first two clients. Awesome. I love how you mentioned you found this by like following the signals. So like whether it's content creation or business ideas or whatever, when people start asking you questions, that's the signal, man. That's where you that's dive into it. Yeah. So that's, so that's that awesome. is it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so how have you like evolved from your, how has your company evolved in the last year and a half? So you were, you were just like, okay, this is the signal. Did you start by writing the steps you took personally and just tried to, to replicate that over and over again? Like how has the business evolved in a year and a half? Yeah, for sure. So I, I, it was, at first I was trying to think of like, what are like the main buckets? Like 
I started getting into like this whole idea of like digital marketing and like being on Instagram. I was, I spent the majority of my time on Instagram. So I started like digging into what that looked like to kind of grow an audience. And I started seeing a bunch of stuff about like your framework. What is your, your unique framework? So like, how would you run somebody through like a process to help them do something that they want to do that you were going to help them do? So I started to kind of lay that out and I've, I've kind of settled. I originally, I settled on four buckets. So it was like, for me, it was wellness, money, mindset, and pursuit. I mean, like, what's the next thing going to be that you're going to want to do after you leave this corporate job that is kind of driving you nuts. So, um, through my first two clients, I kind of ran them through that framework. My, my coaching program was basically like, it was six weeks. It was six one-on-one calls. It was really quick and like really compressed time frame. And after I thought about it and like I had a couple clients go through it, I mean, it, it helped them a lot and they really enjoyed kind of going through that process with me. And it really like, it really opened their eyes to what they could do. Um, but for me, it felt a little short as I started to work with people. Cause I'm like, man, this is a pretty huge life change. And I'm like, all right, six weeks. Good luck. You know, it's like, I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something else. I have to add a little more structure to it and like kind of give them more tools that like they can have, not just conversations with me and that kind of stuff. So, um, fast forward about a year and funny enough, I I was like, I, I heard a lot of stuff about like digital courses and like, I'm like, okay, I got to build a digital course. So I bought a course on how to make courses and oh, yeah, the I built the course out. No, I mean, dude, I mean, I was, I, it was really helpful. Like there was so much stuff in it and it took me like, it took me a really long time to build like six months and I was working probably five or six hours a day on it. Wasn't traveling as much. I'd already moved to Amsterdam. So I was kind of settled in and kind of just plugging away at work. Um, but I finally, I finally got it done. I went through the whole kind of launch process that was mentioned in this person's program. Um, and I came up, I came up with a goose egg. I didn't sell a single copy of the course. And I was like, Oh man, what am I doing? <laughs> what do I do with this? And so I was like, well, wait a minute. I got this asset now. I can like, I can build my core, my coaching program around it. So that's, that's what I started to do. And like the modules become the framework or the framework become the modules, whatever way you want to look at it. But they also become kind of a pre-work for people to do before they come into calls with me, for example. So in my new program, which I'll get into shortly, it's a four-month container, which I call the Corporate Escape Accelerator. So I kind of help people get get from that point where they're feeling stuck to like they have an idea of what they want to do and they're marching forward into that process. So I make the calls gated now. So what I mean by that is like if we're going to focus on the money part, here's two or three modules you're going to complete, Thomas, before we have a call. After you're done, Book your 90-minute call with me through the platform. I, I use Kajabi. Book book your call with me through that. We'll kind of go through your money situation. We'll have a we'll have a roadmap or a plan um, kind of completed for your money. Boom, we'll move on to the next part of the of the course, which would be in this case work. What are you going to do for work? Um, so my 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 coaching kind of philosophy and container and everything has gone from like a six week phone call only thing to a more like comprehensive, longer um, hybrid between one-on-one customized and group standardized kind of stuff. So there's also weekly group calls. There is, um, so besides the four one-on-one calls, there's access to the course. There is 
there's a Slack channel for people going through this similar process at the same time that can kind of, you know, collect energy off of others and, and give energy to others. So um, I liked that idea of adding that to the course. And uh, I, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of now turning the course into like a lifetime kind of thing where people come in and join me for this program and they can stay as long as they want. Like I'm not going to kick them out at the end of the four months. I just feel weird doing that. Like I would love to have a network of people that have on all done something similar and to have a new person come into that who is like, I have no idea if I can do this. And then saying like, it's small now there's less than 10 people, but in a year it could be a hundred people. And like, Oh, here's a hundred people that have done something similar that I could kind of like surround myself with and draw energy from and learn from and talk to and, so I just, I, I see it turning into something more like that than just kind of like, hey, let's do some one-on-one -on -one calls and, and, and move on. So it, it's taken quite a turn and I'm still getting into like the marketing stuff and like, you know, it's, it's always like a constant, constant improving process, like content and, and marketing and selling and am I selling too much? Am I not selling enough? Am I reaching the right people? Am I saying the right things? Am I attracting the right crowd? It's like, there's a lot that goes into it. So, I mean, you know, I mean, dude, you, you know, very well as, as I see you transition from like LinkedIn to Instagram where I've kind of gone the other way. Um, I can, I know you, I know you can empathize with that. Like <laughs> building a new audience on a new platform is like, shit, man, it takes some work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Takes um, some work. I love how you've restructured it. So I'm a huge fan of like the community hub kind of model that, blends courses but also like guidance like that's how i'm building my own thing which is more focused on the content side as opposed to anything else um because that's me following my signals of course but yeah i love that like the community can stay as long as they want and they end up helping each other almost as much as you help them and in, in this weird way and so it's just like well this worked for me in my industry maybe you can apply it and so there's just like this really cool effect that comes from like having that community aspect to it but and then from the business perspective obviously it allows you to scale you know a little bit better obviously your time management becomes better but there's so much benefit to that on the impact side too because yeah you're group coaching but you're impacting more lives and that's like the coolest part is that's all i'm in this for is like, like yeah yeah like you're, you're impacting lives and like as you mentioned, you know, six weeks isn't enough because this is a huge, huge turn for somebody. Like huge it's massively different, especially if they're hating their current career, which is what so many people fall into. They hate their career and then they just stick with it because, well, I invested all this time in college or I learned all these skills. It pays well. It doesn't matter if it pays well and it's safe. If you hate it, having a job you hate ruins everything in your life. And so it's like, no, take, pull you know grab the bull by the horns and and make it happen so i'd love to go back to dive into your you know your corporate career a little bit more i'd love for you to share your story around like why you wanted to escape what about corporate life wasn't the right fit for you and kind of how you got to september 2021 when you officially launched your business so let's go way back maybe we need to go yeah. back 11 years however far we Dude, need to whatever go. yeah so i'll 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 go kind of briefly through like the corporate part uh, and of course tell you the highlights, like the, the stuff that really got me thinking. 
Um, but I, but I went like, I went to college, I studied finance. I had no idea what the hell it was. My dad just made a one-off suggestion because I started studying engineering, but I got into like advanced calculus and I was like, no way am I doing this too hard. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, I don't know what else to major in. My dad was like, just major finance. I feel like that's always like an in-demand job. My dad had no idea. Like he works for the, he works for the U S postal service. Like it's not like he's a finance guy and he's like, you need to do this. Uh, but I listened. And I had no idea what finance people did. And when I got into the when I got into the major into the network that was studying finance, everyone was like, I went to Penn State. Everyone was like, I want to go into investment banking. So I'm like, what is this? And I found out like it pays really well. There's good job opportunities afterwards. You work with really smart people. And I'm like, I want to do that. So I went went hard to get that. Didn't get a job right out of school. So I ended up going into accounting at Johnson and Johnson. I did a I did a one semester uh, co op there, so I took a semester off from school, went to work in an office. knew knew then knew then that it wasn't for me. I was like, this, this I mean, this can't be what I'm going to do until I'm sixty. Like, no, no way. So I didn't get the investment banking job that I wanted. Uh, I interviewed with Johnson and Johnson for their full time program. I got hired. I I really don't know how because. Uh, there was so many, so many other people that interviewed that were like way more qualified than me, but I still, to this day, think I got it because one of the couple of the guys that were on the interviewing team of five people, I played softball with during my internship. And I think that was really how I got the job. So I'm sticking with that story. Uh, I got a job at investment banking from a buddy of mine who said, I know this company's hiring analysts, like the entry level position in banking for those that are not familiar. Um, and I interviewed, I got the job. I left my job at Johnson and Johnson and I moved to New York city from Philadelphia, all within the span of about 10 days. Um, I moved into an apartment that was three times the rent and 25% of the size. So I was like, what the hell am I doing? I was working every night from nine, eight from, I was working every night to 11 PM. I'd go in the office at nine. I didn't get home to 11 every single night, at least 10 hours of work on the weekends. It was pretty tough. And I was like, man, what am I doing? Uh, but then you get that first bonus check and it's like, all right, I'll stay. Um, the bonus check is pretty much a lump sum amount in your bank account. That's equal to your annual salary. I was like, this is crazy. So I stayed there for a long time. Um, about, I, I was there for nine years in total, but it really about, I mean, after I went to like analyst and associate, I eventually left as a VP, but around the analyst years, I was like, I just know this is not for me. And there's some very distinct moments in there that, there were they were huge clues and eye opening moments. One, I'll, I'll give you two of them. Here's the two that I think of all the time. The first one is I was I was going to Philly to taking a train from New York to Philly to hang out with my girlfriend for Memorial Day in like 2008 or some 2009. And I remember I got a message on the way down that was like weekend ruining. Like I had so much work to do. They were like, "Hey, we got a meeting Monday. We got to build a model. We got to build a deck. All this stuff." And I'm sitting there on conference calls and I'm like 29 years old at the time and my weekend is crushed. And on the conference call with me is my project, like is the managing director on this deal who's like 41, 42. And I'm like, wait a second, like what am I working towards? Like I'm still going to be doing this at 40, like getting my weekends and my vacations ruined by this stuff. I was like, that sucks. I was like, I got to, I got to make a move or try to get myself out of here. Another time that I'm, I was very it was sticks out in my head very vividly is my my other another managing director that I was working on a project. He was like going to the beach for the weekend, and he's like, he was taking all these industry magazines. We worked in the engineering industry, so we covered companies that are like building bridges and building roads and runways, all kinds of shit. 
So he's loading up his bag with these magazines. He's going to go sit on the beach and like read these engineering, engineering magazines. And I was like, I remember trying to like go home and read stuff about another industry that I was covering. And I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. It was like every, any little thing that I could find to distract me, I got up and I was doing, I was like, man, I can't force myself to do this. So at that point I was like, I will never be able to compete with that guy in this job because he will always win a client over me because he's going to have way more knowledge. He has way more interest. He's curious about the businesses that he's working with. And I am not, and I don't want to be, and I need to get out of here because this is not going to end well if I try to stay. So um, I fast forward about a couple of years and I, I was pretty fortunate because a buddy of mine had approached me and he, he's like, he used to work with me at this firm. And he's like, hey, let's go to lunch. I'm like, sure, okay. Uh, we get to lunch and he's like, I got an idea for this fitness studio based around the rowing machine. Are you interested in working on it with me? I was like, absolutely, yes. I was like, this is my point. This is my time to kind of get out. I love fitness. Always envision working for myself. And um, we started working on it with like one goal in mind. It was like, just keep going until something really tells you to stop. Like it's not going to work. So we built a business plan, like good little bankers. We met with people who wanted to invest money. We met with other people in the industry. We started teaching classes. We eventually signed a lease for our own studio. And right after we signed the lease, we were like, hey, one of us needs to leave our job because we were both still employed. And I was like, I'll do it. I was, I'm five years older. I had more money saved. I was like, I'm ready. I'll go. And I was going to quit on March 3rd because that's when my bonus check was going to hit the weekend before. I was like, as soon as the money's in the account, I'm out. I got fired. I got let go 10 days before that. So they gave me part of my bonus. They gave me severance. I was out. We opened the studio and we were off and running for three years doing that. And I absolutely loved it. Like it was the funnest thing that I've done with respect to work, hands down, but even like not even work, just the fun that was, that came with like building something on your own and having people come to see you and what you had created and what you shared and what you did for them in that hour they were in your studio was like, dude, there was like no better feeling than that. It was incredible. And I often found myself thinking like, this is my job. Like, this is what I get to do for work. And I mean, we, we, I took a massive pay cut, like huge pay cut, but it was like, I don't care. I had money saved. I was like, this is, this is awesome. I love this. I want this to be my forever thing. If this lasts until I'm 80 and I'm just walking around the studio seeing how things doing, I'm happy as can be. Uh, it didn't work out. So three years later, we closed it down. And that's kind of when like I had the thoughts of like, well, I don't really need to be in New York anymore. I didn't really have anything that I was working on. I did work on one thing that was kind of like combining my fitness experience with my investment banking experience. I did advisory for fitness studios with this firm that it was in New York. Um but I really wanted to start to travel and work out. And I just started sharing content about that. And it was only, it was what I wanted to do. It was just the, I was just following exactly what made me smile on that given day. And that was it. I wasn't building anything. I wasn't thinking about what I was going to work on. And it just kind of led me. It led me right to that because I was just doing it. I was excited to do it. People were interested in it, but people were starting to get interested in other things beyond the fitness. So um, that's when they started asking questions and that's how like, again, I'm following the signs. I'm just following, first of all, it was the signs of like, what gave me joy, what made me happy. And then it was like, what will help other people about what you have done, what you know, what your experience is and how you can kind of guide them through the same path that you have taken. And that's, 
that's kind of how I got there. It was like, that's, that's basically my entire story. <laughs> I left out <laughs> some details, but that's the, that's the gist of it right there. Yeah. There's a couple of things I want to emphasize. And the first one being when you looked at like your boss and your boss's boss and their lifestyle and you pause and you say, you know, is that really what I want? Like, that's what I'm working toward. Is that what I want? And if you can answer yes, like, that's great. I still recommend diversifying your income and having a side hustle. But if that's what you want, there's nothing wrong with that per se. But not enough people stop and think, do I want that? Because the answer for a lot of people is no, that sucks. And then if you answered no, that sucks. It's time to start rethinking your life and seeing where you go. The next one is you followed your energy and there's nothing better. That's how I phrase it. It's following your desires. I call it following your energy. Like where is your curiosity leading you to? And where that's leading you to is not like a hobby. It's more of like, what about your day-to-day do you actually enjoy? Do you like meetings and talking to people? Do you like getting in Excel and busting out PowerPoints? Like what is it you like to do about your job and leaning into that as much as possible? And so that can be your first step to guiding you to the right career or the right business if you want to escape the corporate world entirely. Um, but those two things really stood out to me with your story. And I, I love that you just follow the energy. And so are you seeing, so as far as the people that inquire about your services, your clients, what's the number one reason they're looking to leave? Is it because they actually did pause and look at their boss's job and go, I didn't want that? Or is it because they're just genuinely unhappy with like the industry they're in? Or did, you know, what's, what's the story there? How, how come most people come to you? It, it varies. I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, it, it is as probably as simple as I can put it. It's probably a lot of people have no idea what they want to do. They just know it's not what they're doing now. That's probably the simplest way. So, so it runs a pretty wide range. Some people will come to me and they're like, I have some ideas. I just don't know how to start. Um, and I don't know how, like, I'm, I'm afraid. I mean, I don't, this is a pretty comfortable job. I, I, if I, if I ruffle the feathers a bit, I have to go out and like learn how to do something new. And that's, that's a scary thing. Um, but, and a lot of people are like, look, I don't want to do this. I want to leave this job because it's, it's miserable. Like it just really, the best part of me goes to this job and I don't enjoy it, but I have no idea what else I can do. Like, how can I figure something out? Um, that's a good amount of people that will, that will reach out and now have calls with. Um, so it's really, it's really a healthy mix. Um, but the fears are usually, what am I going to do for work? I don't have enough money. I can't live on any less money than this. Um, and it's kind of going through some financial exercises with people. I always think that there's like, now again, I know some people, I mean, it's funny. I got this one guy who keeps like trolling me on LinkedIn saying like, I'm a financial guru who's leaving out big parts of the assumptions I'm making. And one of them was like, yeah, you, you assume that just people can like get and land a job. I'm like, well, yeah, the majority of people that I'm talking to have jobs. So like, that's my audience. There's tons of people who fall outside of that, but I'm not talking to them. I, that's not who I help. So there are plenty of people that can help you find a job. I, so anyway, like I, I have to figure out like who the people are. And I make the assumption that like, yeah, they have a job. They can, they can keep a job. They want to do something else. So I like to help them try to figure out what it is they want to do and how to kind of set them up financially. Because sometimes if there is some kind of payroll disruption, I mean, that's some, a lot of people are not in a position to handle three months with no income. I mean, a a lot of people, I mean, I put people that come to me that have debt 
and I have some people that have eighty thousand dollars in savings. Those people are at widely different start differing starting positions. So it kind of takes some work to get them comfortable with how they can leave a job. I mean, the debt people, I don't typically recommend that, of course. I mean, that's a different situation altogether. But I can help people get kind of better prepared to pay off their debt, get them in a position where they understand like things they can cut to better their financial situation, to pay down their debt faster, to get out of this situation much quicker. And that's kind of what I do. And a lot of the times it's like, look, the way I think of it, man, a lot of this shit's not rocket science. It's like, I have debt. Okay, pay it down. <laughs> here's the plan. Like, here's the plan, and I'm going to sit over you and, and, and be chirping in your ear as you're thinking about signing a lease for a brand new car or upgrading your apartment to something $1,000 more a month. I'm going to be here saying, well, dude, you're going to be stuck in your corporate job for another six years if you do that. Like, the accountability is like a huge thing. It's like having someone on your team that's going to help you do that. And I always tell people that I was like, this isn't rocket science and I'll give you all the information I have for free. Like that's information is everywhere. Like no one's paying me for information. Like they can Google everything I'm going to, I'm going to work with them on. Um, but it's more so like my experience, my unbiased opinions and views and, and knowledge and all that kind of stuff that I bring to the table. And I, and not to mention I'm doing it. I'm walking the walk. I'm doing exactly what, other people want to do. So who is going to be better positioned to help them do that? Like there there's, I don't know. There's, there's, I'm sure there are other people that have done something similar, but I've done exactly what a lot of these people are trying to do. I've had a few businesses. I started a few businesses that have failed. Like that's part of the process. You know, I don't have a, I don't have a million dollar a year startup, but I find that that puts me in a much better position to help someone who is, still at their job than somebody who's been out and is making a million dollars a year. I just feel they're so far removed from what is actually needed to be done on a day to day that it, it's not as helpful. I mean, it's, it's almost too aspirational, like to be so far ahead. It's like someone teaching me, somebody teaching me to build a LinkedIn audience that has a million followers already. Like, dude, the shit that works for you is not going to work for me. It's just, yeah, there are general principles, but it's different getting someone who's literally two or three steps ahead of you to help. I mean, I've been out of corporate for a while, but I didn't settle on this business right away. And I think that experience by landing on other things before I landed on what is my current thing is also valuable to people because a lot of the exercises that I lead people through to help them figure out what is going to be the next step, I didn't know. I just kind of blindly went. And if, had I thought about it, like not that I would change anything about doing the fitness studio, but now, and I was just writing a LinkedIn post for next week about this. It's like the things that I value now, like with the fitness studio, we had a building, we had employees, we had other people's money. Like those are things in my next business ventures that I'm never even going to consider. Never. Am I going to sign a lease for another building? Never, never again. So th those types of things that like, had I thought about that prior, it might have changed my opinion a little bit, but probably not because I was so desperate to get out of this job at the time that I wouldn't. I, I was just dying to do anything. Um, but somebody that's not in that position, my experience and my insight can help them. Yeah, I love that you touched on the fact that the biggest thing 
when you're looking to work with someone is have they done what you want to achieve? I just wrote a really long article for my own website today. Like what is online business coaching, the ultimate guide. And one of the big headers in there is how do you know if the coach is right for you? And there's a few points, right? Like your energy aligns, like you trust in them, but the big factor is have they done what you want? And so that's why I like, I call myself a business coach because people understand what that is, but it's, I'm not going to teach you to raise capital and grow to 15 million. I'm going to teach you how to go from zero to hundred K so you can either have a good side hustle, have a protection plan or, or work on your own if you want to. And that's it. Like I'm not, I've done that three or four times. I've done that over and over and over again, just like you, you've, you've helped these people over and over and over again. You've done this exact thing. If you want a specific goal, if your goal is to, I want to escape my nine to five and figure out what I can do to supplement my income, Brian's your guy. If you want to start a side hustle and get to a hundred K and have it be a side hustle and make it fun or work on your own, like I'm your guy. And that's it. Like you don't have to go out and, and, and look for something ridiculous, but that's the number one thing. Like whatever your goal is, that's who you hire. <laughs> and that's yeah. just, yeah, it's dude, blank. it's so true. And like, I tell people that point blank on sales calls. I'm like, look, I am going to be, I mean, everyone's going to say they're going to be honest with you, but I'm like, dude, if you are not the person that I'm, that I can help, like if you come to me and say, I want to learn how to be a crypto trader, I'm like, or a real estate flipper, like I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy, but you should speak to so-and-so because they talk about it all the time. I am not your guy. And the last thing I want to do is take someone's money who I can't help and have an unhappy client. I just don't want that. I mean, worst case scenario, I just give their money back. But I just don't want that hassle of like working with somebody who I my skills and my knowledge and my experience is not going to help them get to exactly where they want to get to. And and I won't I won't take anybody on like that. I just don't want to do that. I've never done that. Yeah, it's it's a reputation killer too because it only takes yeah. one person to go and like, yeah, Brian doesn't know what he's talking about, but there was no alignment anyway but they just did it regardless and like that's that's never a good move from a business perspective i'll just tell you that never look at like a short-term cash injection like it's it's good for you because it's not i would say always think long term and have positive word of mouth and try to generate as much positive word of mouth as you can and when you have even just one person negatively talking about you it can have a huge impact (laughs) it can have a huge impact yeah so did you always use content creation as a means of generating leads from the beginning of your business? And, or did you do any outreach or was there a combination? Initially on Instagram, it was all, it was all content creation. I did zero, zero outreach, like literally zero and probably to my detriment. Um, but I didn't know I didn't want to, get into like cold DMing. I just never felt like that was like the strategy I wanted to take. Um, I do some sort of variation of that now, I would say like slightly cold DMing where it's not, I'll, I'll, I'll send connection requests with people that have like, that I know work in corporate or companies that I've, that I've found that like maybe don't treat their people the best. It's like, you just try it out because so it's interesting that the, the two things that I've found that are probably that are working against me in in a LinkedIn environment is that number one, somebody that's unhappy in their job is not on LinkedIn saying they don't have the unhappy at my job banner on their profile photo. So it's like I have no idea who's unhappy. 
No, not. I was I was going to say that like your target audience is is more difficult to to find than someone like yes. me. <laughs> so. Yes. So yeah, you could go in and search like founder or like uh something like that or freelancer or whatever whatever the terms are that you search for. And I know like other people kind of like ghostwriters and freelance writers can do the same kind of thing or SEO experts, all that kind of stuff. It's it's much more not saying it's easy, but there's a simpler road to finding people. That's number one. No one's saying I'm unhappy with my job. Number two, the people that are unhappy at their job are not likely to be the ones shouting on LinkedIn and hanging out with other people in the industry that they don't like. It's like those two things are working against me on LinkedIn. And I know that. But so so what I do and what I think about is like I connect with people that work in the corporate realm and I just continue to put out content daily and I'm networking with people and I'm reaching out and I'm engaging with people. And that's, I mean, that's how I found you. That's how we found each other. Um, so just kind of doing that and trying to expand my network and reach new people and get new eyes on my thing. So then when somebody's like, just like you mentioned earlier, man, it's like, if somebody sees, if somebody's following me for a week or two and like one post strikes a core with them and they're like, yeah, I don't want to be my boss in 10 years. So what should I do? What is this guy going to tell me to do? He's done it. So let me just reach out. And I've created, I've created an ebook to kind of give some people some background. It has a lot of my stuff in it. A lot of my stuff. Like, you know, you read stuff where it's like, man, your freebie should, should hurt. It's like, it hurts. There's a lot of shit for my course that's in that book. But again, information is free. I don't, I'm not trying to gate my information. I mean, I'm gating it with an email address. So like the, the traditionalists who like don't like any gated content. I'm like, ah, I, I gated a little bit with an email address. To be fair. So, but um, that stuff is there to help people. And then if they read that book and they're like, yeah, this has been helpful. I, I want to do sort of some of these things. Like, or I want to talk to him about that. Then I have, I have a roadmap call on my, on my site too, which is like, hey, we'll hop on the call for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And we can talk about what your path would look like. I have some questions I can ask you. You at least have a rough idea of what your path can look like. And my goal with all of them is to have them walk away with something that's helpful for them, like to get started. If they don't know where to start, I'm usually just like, build your savings cushion. Get to six months of savings in cash as soon as you can, because that's life-changing. If you don't have that, or if you're in debt, six months of cash in six months of expenses of cash in the bank is life-changing. So even if they have nowhere to start, I hope to give them something that's like, hey, here's three things you can try to bolster your savings and get you to that six months faster. And that's kind of the goal to, to give them something they can walk away with and, um, and help them kind of start on the journey. And if they get far enough along and they figure they need help, then they're like, hey, that's the guy I need to talk to. He knows what he's talking about. He's done it. He's helped other people do it. I'm going to reach out. And that's kind of that's kind of how I do it. But I I do so reach out now. Like I, I was used to be so against it. And Instagram's tough. I mean, you'll you'll see it as you're getting in there. It's like you're competing with a lot of things that have nothing to do with what you're talking about. Like it, I I got the sense after a while, Instagram got pretty frustrating with me. So and only because the content style that was doing well just took so much time to create and the reach I felt was getting significantly um, decreased. So I had an audience of like 10,000 people and I would put a, I would put a photo out and it would, like 150 people would see it. I'm like, well, that sucks. Or 
I would put the same and the same type of content that a year earlier, 5,000 people would see it. So it's a, it was a huge decline over like a year. Reels were the only thing that were getting any kind of reach and they just took a really long time to create for the most part. And I figured if it's going to take me an hour and a half to create one piece of content, I'm like, I'd rather be writing. I just enjoy writing. I, I enjoy the act of trying to put something simple, relatable, and like cohesive and like flowy. I just enjoy that process much more than like trying to write captions on a video. I just, I just don't enjoy that as much. So I found that I thought that LinkedIn was going to be the better, the better angle for me. And it turns out that it has been so far. I've only been on for, I think my first post as I got into this process was like the first week of October. So four or five months. And I've tripled my network on there. Like I've gotten a bunch of leads. I've signed a bunch of clients from that. It was like, it was happening much, much quicker. And it was much, there was a higher percentage of the people I was trying to help were on LinkedIn than Instagram. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Because something I like to tell people is number one, before you even start on a platform, like where is your target audience most likely to be? Start there. You can argue that every platform is large enough now and there's millions and millions of people on each. Now, there are some of your target audience everywhere. That's true. Um, but LinkedIn, for anything business-related, is a no-brainer, basically. But also, pay attention to the organic reach. Like you said, Instagram, if I post a carousel on Instagram or an image post on Instagram, I mean, 75 people might see it, like literally. But if I post the same thing on LinkedIn, 4,000 people will see it, 5,000 people will see it. And I mean that from a small account, but it also highlights how if you just start, it does not take long to start growing and getting business. You don't need 100,000 followers. 1,000 is way more than enough as long as you're targeting the right people and your posts say the right things. And that leads me back to somebody mentioning in your post, um, dude, you're leaving out a lot of key details. LinkedIn posts are short, man. Like we can't put all yeah, the details I mean, dude, in there. I, know. <laughs> I can't write a book, man. I don't want a 2000 word LinkedIn post because I mean, dude, when I pop on a LinkedIn post that is 500 words and like just huge paragraphs of text, I'm just like, boom, next. Sorry to anyone that posts those, but I'm not reading. I'm not reading a 600 word LinkedIn post. That's all paragraphs of text. I'm just not doing it. And I, so I don't want to do that either. I mean, you got to keep it to like, I try to keep them to under 400 words. Matt, that's even my absolute longest post, like 400 words. But you kind of have to do that. And and the goal is to make that little bit intriguing enough where if the person who is thinking about leaving their job or trying to start something new, or in your case, like starting a side hustle, like it's intriguing enough where you've captured their attention. They'll read some more of your stuff and hopefully follow you and maybe some post that you put out in the next week or two or three or four will strike a chord with them. That's kind of the goal. You're t I'm just viewing it as like planting seeds. It's like, just throw a bunch of seeds out. And if the person's interested, like they'll follow them and they'll take one. They'll, they'll start, that stuff will start to grow and reach more people. Yeah. I would love to, before I spit my opinion out on this next bit, I would love to hear how many of your leads coming from LinkedIn are people you are accustomed to seeing like in your comment section and how many of them are just completely random people that were reading your content for a few weeks and they just popped in your DM and you never heard of them before. I would say 
95% are the people that never commented. <laughs> and then I put something out there that says like, I mean, that was, that was how, that was how the, like I was, I was mentioning, I, I was my freedom day, February 20th was the day I got fired from my job, my last day of corporate. And I ran a promotion because I was like, look, I have this holiday for myself. And if you want your holiday where you kind of free yourself from this job, uh, I'm going to run a promo for you. My program's $1,000 off for the rest of February. So if you want in, message me. And everyone that I messaged, maybe except for one or two, maybe one, I would say, was like one that I was familiar with and we had chatted a, a bunch. And um, But everyone else was people that I hadn't really seen and just kind of found me. Yeah, I was in a debate like a few weeks ago with someone that was going through all of their connections on LinkedIn and removing anyone they didn't recognize or that engaged with their post for the sake of improving their engagement rate. And I was like, no, <laughs> like I just went off. And then I made a post a couple weeks ago that was like, look, best worst advice you can get on LinkedIn is delete all the followers and connections that aren't engaging with you for the sake of some engagement rate. It's like your best customers are the ones listening in silence. They're the lurkers. They're not the ones in your comment section. Here's the people in your comment section, your friends, other creators that want to be seen. Other creators. People you've met. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Other creators are number one. And that can be good. Like in my case, like I'll help smaller creators that want to get to my step, but that's not most people. Like most people that you're actually going to help are people just sitting there reading it every day. Yeah. Especially for me, it's like the people that I want to help that are not excited about their job, like I mentioned earlier, are not on LinkedIn kind of rah-rahing everybody else around. And they're just like, this is miserable. What do I do? I'm on here. Like, and I just see stuff that looks interesting and they reach out. Like they're not the people that are excited to be on there. It's, it's funny. Cause I think about this all the time and it's like, we all race to we all race to Justin Welsh's post when we see the little bell pop up in our comments. Like we better be the first one. But if you look at it, after all the dust is settled and it's three hundred comments deep, it's all people like us. It's all people like us. It's it's mostly I would say ninety five percent other creators that are. And I, I'm I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm guilty. I just posted a comment on one of his things today. But it's all people like us, like adding their adding their input in or their insights or or like I said, like like regurgitating sometimes, like they're just saying what he said in a different way. And while that is good, I think to maybe get your name out and have other people start to see your name, I don't really find that that has not been an effective way for me to get people into into my realm. It's like it helps me get other creators in my realm, but I don't think I, I have, I think I had one sales call from somebody that found me on Justin Welsh's comments in the five, four or five months that I've been on LinkedIn. So I, I mean, as much as it's like, go comment and be the first one. Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that. And after the first couple of weeks of doing it, I was like, I don't think this is the best use of my time for me personally. I would say, the best thing to do and what I do is I try to build real connections with people. I mean, that's why we're here now because I can't remember which one of us commented on the other person's first, but I'm not rushing to Justin Walsh's post. I'm like, Oh, this person commented on mine. Let me go see what they're all about and build relationships that way. So rather than just sprinting to Justin's post, cause you think somebody's going to get eyes on you, go to the person who's engaging with you and build a real connection with them. And then if there's any, 
person and your target demographic that you notice follows you or sends you a connection request, even if they don't engage, that's a signal to send a DM like, hey, saw you connected, like, let's talk. <laughs> like, hey, how are you? Like anything. Like, that's what you need to do rather than just sprint with the bell on to the largest creator there is. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I kind of kind of got off that game after probably a month or so. Like, yes, I still go and comment on these people's stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. Uh, I still do it, but I'm not in a race to be the first one. And I'm not spending, I'm not spending an hour going through all his comments because it's all people like us and I see them everywhere. And, um, if I'm there trying to find people that I can help, um, it's not usually in those comments that I'm going to find those people. Yeah. And I just want to be clear, like this is not exclusive to LinkedIn. I would recommend the same exact thing on any social media platform. It's about connections and growing this army of, even if it's just smaller creators, like that's so much better than just trying to get seen on one big person's post. But I'm glad earlier you mentioned like your ebook. Cause I wanted to talk to you about it. Cause I've downloaded it before it was months ago now. And I love the quality of it. I love the, how actionable it is, um, which is a big thing missing from most whether you want to call them ebooks, lead magnets, email lists, whatever, there's not enough actionable steps people could take. So I'm curious to know how you formulated your ebook. Did you build the big program first and then condense it down? Did you build the ebook first? How did that process work for you? Yeah, I'll tell you exactly. I built the course first. Um, and I looked to a creator that I've admired for a long time from afar, um, Tim Denning. I've been following him for poof, five, six years. And I went to check out his page and he had a book that was like 20 steps to do something or I forget what it's called. I can't remember. But I looked at that and I'm like, I can do that. 25 dead simple steps to leave your job this year and start your own business this year. So that's exactly what I did. And I went to my course and I was like, if I, thinking back to when I was doing this, like, if I was ready to leave my job or right now, if I was just ready to kind of start on a new path, like what, what would I do and how would I, how would I reach, how would I come to um, like what would be interesting for me to do? How would I get myself financially pre prepared? Uh, how would I start to reach out to people to let them know I have this new service? Like all that stuff is in there. Like, and, and then at the end it's like, and it kind of assumes you're doing this while you're at your job. So it's not assuming like, you're quitting your job. You're, you're, it's not like, it's not assuming you are downloading your book and then downloading my ebook and then quitting your job the next day. It's like, you're going to do this stuff over the course of the next couple of months. And at the end, the last step is like, here's how to quit your job the right way. Like here's, here's the only resignation letter you need. And it's like 50 words. And it's like everything that you would need if you decided tomorrow you wanted to leave. Here's what I would suggest you do to get started to do it. And I took everything right out of the course. I, so I had to write a giant script for the course. It was like, there's seven modules. There's anywhere from five to eight lessons per module. And they all have to be kind of scripted. And I'm, I'm very kind of anal. <laughs> I'm very anal. It's like, I wrote everything out. I was like, I was not going to kind of fly by the seat of my pants here. I was like, I'm going to write this whole script out. And I wrote like, it's like a 60 or 70 page word document with all the, with everything that is in the course, every single piece of information is in that document. So I basically went to that and I was like, pull out the top 25 steps and put it in something that you're going to give away for free. And I was like, man, 
no one's going to need to buy any of this stuff because I pretty much gave the answers away. But that's that's I feel what you kind of have to do. It's like, yeah, I could put together like a checklist of like, hey, here's how to here's five things to save money on. I was like, yeah, but th- I mean. I don't know. I feel like everybody does everybody does something super small and like everyone's afraid to give away stuff and I'm like I was just like fuck it. Just put it all in and just give it away and help people because the ultimate goal is to help people. If people, if if 10,000 people download my book and half of them leave their job and start their own business and zero of them work for me or work with me, I'm still happy. I might need to go get another job, but, <laughs> but I'm happy that like I'm happy that I helped other people do something that they wanted to do, and that 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 in and of itself for me was was enough. <laughs> so I was like I was like screw it, just put it out there. And I've had a bunch of people download. I mean, I, and 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 I don't have a massive audience. I have like I started off with like 1,100 followers, and now I have probably 3,400. Like not not massive at all. Um, and I've had probably almost 500 people download that in the past two and a half months, three months. So I'm happy with that for the networks, the audience size that I have. I mean, I'm thrilled with that. I mean, I, that's added a lot of people in my, in my funnel. Um, I get responses to my emails now. It's like, it's nice. It's, it's good. It's, and I don't, I don't have a massive email list. I mean, I'm, I don't, I think I'm just around 1500 people on my list or something around there. Not, not huge again, but um, I never really focused on it until, until now. So now I'm, now I'm more dialed into, I, I, I literally every, every month I print out a calendar. I'm like pen and paper calendar. I write out, I want to talk about my ebook three times a week. I want to talk about my coaching once every 10 days. And I just make sure those things are in the calendar. When those things pop up, I write a piece of content that correlates to that. And then I share it and you'll see in almost all my posts, like um, you'll see like, Hey, want to join the other people that kind of download the book and here's the link and all this kind of stuff. So just being very like methodical about what you're trying to do. And, and then just realizing that it's just going to take time. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have 50,000 subscribers in a year. I'm just, I just don't think it's going to happen. But if I have 5,000 in a year, I'll take that. It's only going to compound, right? You just got to keep doing these little steps until your audience hits like a critical mass. Yeah, I think everything compounds and that's the mindset you got to have. But I'm going to put the book in the show notes because I think it's it's really well done. I love how actionable it is. And that is actually funny that you mentioned the the how you should quit chapter because that's my favorite one. I know there's a little quote in there at the beginning. It's like, okay, I know you probably just want to storm out because you're ready. Don't do that. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. we've all been there and felt that before. Yeah, no. and so it's like, okay. But also like, the template you put in there is perfect because it, it really simplifies it. And it's like, you don't have to tell anyone your story or why you're leaving. You don't have to justify your action to anybody else. Just do what you're supposed to do in a professional way and leave and do what you want. And that's it. Like you, you don't got to come up with lies or fibs or whatever. Just say, I'm leaving. This is what I'm going to do for the next two, three weeks. How can I help? I'm out. And that's it. And so it's great. Um, but no, I love that. And I love how, um, it hurts to give away all of the information, but this is my response to that. If anyone else feels that way is it, it is, if it hurts to give it away, you're probably doing a really good job of establishing credibility. And so when people go through your book, they're like, it's like, he has all these steps. Okay. This guy's clearly done this. And if you're, if you're well off enough and you didn't need the whole book, they probably didn't need to hire you anyway. 
because they were kind of already on their own path. And it's the people that take it all in and go, okay, I still need a little more help. Like those are the people you're best suited to, to help anyway. And so it, it really aligns and, and, and like that. And I love that you built a big thing first and just condensed it down. There's like two different ways to do that. And I'm for that way. I, I like to call it like a value ladder. Like you're going to have like your freebie. This will help a certain amount of people. It's free. So it has less detail than the next step. Then you might have a mid-level offering and then you're going to have the high end guided coaching program, which is like the very high end. And so you can start at the lead magnet and then build the course and then build the high end. But I prefer how you did. I like to build the highest end first, figure out which parts of this is helping the people the most and then going downward. And so there's no real wrong way to do it. I'm just a big fan of having that high end thing first and, and getting that rock solid well, the, the way I think of that too is like, so that's that's kind of my goal right now is like build that value ladder out. So coaching program, which is the highest one, and then course, which will have the online course and then the community, the online community, and they can access the grouping calls. So the group calls. So I want to put that at a price point that's, that's if somebody's in debt and they're like, dude, I still need help. Okay, here, you can have access to me still through Slack and my group calls. And you also have access to the course and it's a much lower price point. So I charge $3,000 for my program. I'm going to start putting the course out at 500. So like, cause, because there's community access too. Um, and then I have the free, I have the freebie. Now I, I thought about going back and forth. I was like, but I could probably charge for the ebook, even if it's like 20 bucks. Um, and I, I don't know, something is just pulling me away from that. Like it's, there's, there's some real friction in downloading something with that, that you pay for clearly. But I really do want to help people with that. And I've already made it. It's like, here, if it helps you, awesome. And if it makes you want to dive in further and work with me, even better. But as long as you get something out of that book, the 20 bucks is not really going to do that much in terms of like paying my rent. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's okay. I, it's, it's, I'm not giving away $1,000 every time somebody does that. So that's kind of the way I looked at it. It was like, yeah, could I could I could I charge twenty bucks for it and make a little bit of pocket change as people buy it? Of course, but that's not really the goal. The goal is not make, to make pocket change, and the goal is to kind of help people do what they want to do and to have them work with me and have them kind of use me as their vehicle to help them do that. And I just felt like it was, like you said, man, just establishing credibility. And I'm not trying to like nickel and dime people. It's like, here, here's what I have. I want to help you. Uh, if you don't work with me, that's fine. But here, take this anyway. I think it can help you. Even if you get one thing from it, it's like, that's good. That's helpful. So um, that's what I try to do. I, I do like the idea. I mean, people will say the other way is better, like build one piece at a time, see what people need the most, and then build that. And it's like... I actually like building it all. I do enjoy kind of creating stuff. You mentioned earlier, like spreadsheets. I loved fucking making spreadsheets. It's like having to build a financial model was like, if somebody was like, all right, we got to build a model. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, all right, let's do it. I just hated having, <laughs> I just hated people telling me what to do. <laughs> I didn't care about it. I didn't want that. I was like, I'll build models all day long just for fun. But when I have to go in and somebody tells me I got to do it on like a Friday night or like, over the weekend and like ruin all my plans. That's what I'm like, nah, let's, let's take it easy, pal. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but uh, like building stuff is fun. So I actually enjoyed downloading, buying that course and teaching me how to make a course and then actually making the course. It was like, I knew every day when I woke up, what I was going to do, 
I knew exactly what tasks. I knew exactly how long it was going to take me. I knew exactly how much time it was going to be done. I, my, my, my kind of like anal brain loves that. So I enjoyed that whole process. So yeah, people will say, yeah, test first and build later. And I say it, I mean, we've, I've done that in my other business where we built something and it was kind of wrong, <laughs> but you kind of learn as you go and didn't cost me any money except for the course to teach me how to make it. <laughs> other than that, it was some time, but I, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. And now I use it all the time. Yeah, it's great. You build something. And even if, even if the first iteration doesn't work, like pull pieces from it, figure out what you can still use. So it's not like wasted effort. All right. I have one more question for you before we wrap this up, because I think it's really important. And I think you have really valuable insight on this. So you mentioned like the gym business, you did that for about three years and then, you know, ended up not working out. So you pivoted. And so I would love to hear kind of the emotional reaction to that, how you kind of picked yourself back up and got to the next phase because it's something you loved and having to give that up is, is hard and it doesn't feel good. And so I think it would be really valuable to hear kind of like how that unfolded, how you responded and how you kind of got through that period of your life. Yeah. Um, it was a tough first half of the year. So we closed down in 2017. The last day the studio was open was June 30th. So literally end of half one of the year. And I had a pretty shitty first half, like, Broke out with my long-term girlfriend, had to move out of our, our apartment and find my own place and was like kind of a nomad for three months in New York City, sleeping on friends' couches, airbnb a places for months. Um, and then like on top of that, we had to close the studio. And I remember standing in the studio the last day it was open. The last day we had access to the studio. We had closed a week earlier so we could like demolish everything. And I'm looking around the studio, everything that we build is all taken down and thrown around the floor. And I'm like, man, I have to be somewhere else to start off the second part of the year. Like I have to get in a better headspace and I, I want to leave here. So that was a Friday afternoon. I went home to my apartment and I booked a flight to Panama that was leaving the very next day. So I literally slept in my apartment Friday night, Saturday afternoon, I was on my way to Panama for a week just to kind of like get away from everything and kind of reset. Um, had a pretty solid week. Had a very harrowing experience there, though. <laughs> I was like, man, I really don't need this right now. Uh, but it, I had a, something that went horribly wrong, not for me, um, but for somebody else. I, I mean, long story short, I, we found a young Panamanian guy who was got caught in a rip current. We tried to give him CPR, meet up a couple of the friends, a couple of the people there, and he, he didn't make it. He died. So I witnessed, like, somebody died right in front of me, which was like, my goodness, like one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, so the week just kind of continued to get, had some bad parts in it too. And I realized after that, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to follow what kind of feels good and what I want to do at this point. Like I don't have anything else kind of planned. And as things came to me, I took them, but I really wasn't searching for anything. And I think just following and doing things that you enjoy doing like they indirectly led to me to where I am now and you don't realize that at the beginning but doing those things that you enjoy like just fills you with a different energy and, and I, dude I'm saying this from a total position of privilege I had savings in the bank that allowed me to do that and not stress whether or not I was going to pay, pay my rent the next month um, I took little odd jobs like one of the ones was the investment banking for fitness studios I did that for a little bit 
But these are all things that just kind of came organically. I didn't go on a frantic search. Um, and, and, and what I would say to someone like going through something like that and what I always say to people, cause I feel like, um, there's a formula for like, I think of it like a breakup. Like there's a formula to go through, I believe to kind of get your body and your mind back in the right state as fast as possible. And I think it focuses on, on your body, on your mind and on like kind of your desires. Like, what do you want to do? Keeping your social calendar schedule or filled like, and hanging out with people surrounding yourself with good energy. I feel like those kind of things will get you through 95% of trauma, considering that you don't have like some kind of illness or something going on, like a mental illness going on. And it was kind of just sticking to those things, like really focusing on those three things. Uh, and I would do that with working out. I was journaling and writing a lot, uh, which I don't do as much anymore, but I did then. Um, and just keeping my keeping my schedule filled, surrounding myself with friends, doing things that I found to be fun. Um, and one of those just happened to be kind of traveling and working out and doing whatever I wanted in these places. And um, following that energy really kind of led me exactly to where I felt I should have been all along. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. Um, but it felt pretty good to kind of land on something that I think took all the best stuff that I've done and all the best parts of me and like combined it and, and what other people needed help with and just combined it into this ball of stuff that now I can use and, and help other people with. And it's been a pretty great ride and I'm grateful that I kind of decided to, to leave what was pretty comfortable. And I mean, I got fired, but I didn't claw my way back to get another job in the industry. I was like, okay, enough's enough. Uh, let's go, let's do this. And I'm grateful that I do that. So one of the things that's why we bring that back full circle. It's like, that's why I really emphasize people take a good look at those five or 10 years ahead of you, because if you're stuck in a comfortable situation, five to 10 years can go by like that. And you are then looking back and you're like, well, I still want to do something different, but now I'm five years older. And it's like, oh man, you could have a different set of responsibilities and just best to take that look as soon as you feel something's kind of off. Or even when you first get to a job, it's like, am I, if I get here and I'm looking 10 years ahead, I'm like, okay, I don't want to be that. So how am I getting out of here? What's my plan now? You can always have something in the back of your head. Like you said, always have a side hustle or something. Always have your next move or be thinking of your next move. I, I would say at all times, at all times. Yeah, definitely. I think the two big takeaways from that are prepare for situations you might not see coming. There's whether financially or a side hustle or your personal brand, it, it doesn't matter. Just have something going for you just in case, because <laughs> you never know yeah. when you'll need it. If Even if times are great right now, they won't always be great. Life, life is hard when it hits. <laughs> life yeah. is hard when Dude, it I hits. Dude, I have a question for you. I have a question for you though, and and I want to see how you feel with this. But but I always think that like building something just gives you a whole different level of energy that that kind of permeates in through other parts of your life too. Like even if you're in a job that you don't like, I often tell people like, okay, what do you like? And then find other people that are doing something similar to what you like to do, and then start to follow them, emulate them, see what they're doing, and and start to do it for yourself. 
that often brings enough energy about where it's like it can promote even a little bit of change in your mentality, your mindset. And I think that's incredibly helpful. Yeah. So to get a little bit deeper than you probably imagined, I would say building your own thing will give you a sense of accomplishment unlike anything else. And from that accomplishment comes confidence. It comes a greater sense of self-worth. So like for me in the past years ago, I mean, every now and then it creeps up still, but like depression, right? Like if a lot of depression, at least for me, was just, man, I could be doing so much more than I currently am. And so taking that and then, and then building and doing things and becoming the person I know I could be kind of fix that in like a reverse engineering kind of way. Yeah. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes makes total sense. That's another. And then on the personal brand side, when you make content, like the biggest thing I can tell you is just follow your, your interests. So for me, business, I consider like a hobby. Not everyone does. Most people don't, but so it's really easy for me to make content around that not only from an expertise standpoint, but from like an energy standpoint. And then I connect with other people that like to do the same thing. And then you make friends and then you start a podcast and then you invite them on the podcast. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. (laughs) So that's what you do, man. But Brian, thanks so much for joining. Love the insights you were able to drop. Uh, Check out the ebook and the show notes. And other than that, Brian, thanks for joining. Can you tell everyone where they can find you on the internet moving forward? My website is simplemanguide.com, G-U-I-D-E, simplemanguide.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Brian Gallagher. Uh, You can also find me on Instagram at simplemanguide. And Tom, thank you so much. Thomas, sorry, I'm I'm honored, man. It's been a great chat and uh, thanks, thanks for thinking of me and having me on. It's been wonderful. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Thanks for joining and we'll see you on the next episode.